Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 18th of February and as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast, head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and you can read the disclaimer there. And if you're not yet a member, sign up for a free 14-day trial. We'd love to have you on board. All right, well, we had another nasty night in the US. Uh, the killer combo, really, uh, with uh, Fed chiefs out and about talking about inflation. Also, we had the killer combo with uh, more problems in Ukraine and Russia. And uh, that kicked off last night as we were closing uh, in terms of uh, the Ukrainian uh, uh, rebels saying that they had been shelled with mortars. Uh, there is a little civil war going on at the moment in Ukraine, if you haven't already uh, been notified of that one. But it's been going on since, around, I think, around 2014. Uh, this is not. This is the entree to the main show, which, of course, could be the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So lots more saber-rattling and lots more uh, Russia saying that we don't want a war and the saying that they are withdrawing troops, but the Americans saying that's not happening and they're actually increasing troops. This was enough to rattle, talking sabre rattles, this was enough to rattle the Dow down 622 points, 1.78%, 34,312. We had the NASDAQ at 13,717, down 407 points, down 2.88%. Nasty night for technology. Interestingly, I saw Kathy Wood being interviewed on CNBC this morning. I have to say, she looked rattled. It wasn't her usual polished interview self. So uh, clearly trouble there for Kathy. S&P 500 down 2.12%, 95 points to 43.80 in the middle for diddle there. But the VIX index, as we were talking yesterday, how complacent it appeared given the risks that are out there and inflation in the uh, Federal Reserve with interest rates and, of course, Russia we saw that up 16.6% yesterday, up four points overnight. 28, uh, the CBOE VIX index is a measurement of option pricing uh, on the uh, Chicago Board of Exchange. So that gives you an indication of what people are prepared to pay for hedging their portfolios. In SPY futures, as you can imagine, given all this negativity around about, we're going to be sucked into that vortex today. Uh, down 82 points, showing 7,131, down 1.14%. So not going to be good news there in our market. So as they say in all the best airline, hostess and safety briefings, brace, brace, brace. We did have on the commodities front, we had Brent crude down 1.94%, $1.84 to 92.97. And we had WTI down 20 $2.03, Why was the oil price down given that uh, the Russia-Ukraine tension escalation should be good for the oil price? Well, it does appear that the Iranian uh, talks are progressing in terms of that agreement with them to, to curtail their nuclear program in exchange for lifting the embargo on Iranian oil, which would see more supply coming on stream. So that was the dominant 
feature last night. And oil, as we have been writing in the newsletter, has had such a great run. Everyone's long to the gunnels with oil at the moment. So there is a, uh, I guess there is a hole in who will be the buyer from here. But at the moment, coming back a little bit, uh, that uh, 1.942% ish for Brent and WTI. Gold, though, was the winner last night. 1.63% to the good. $30.50 up. 19.02 has busted through 1900. Will it retain that level? Remains to be seen, but certainly it's a very good move for the gold price. Not such a good move for the iron ore price, though. Yesterday in uh, Dalian Iron Futures and overnight, we saw the iron ore price drop nearly 7%, 6.88%, $9.65, back down to 130.65. The Aussie dollar 71.88, pretty much unchanged. Other metals, though, performed relatively okay. We had copper down 0.7%, but that was the only loser. We had nickel up nearly 2%, aluminium up 0.3%, zinc up 0.5%, lead up 0.3%, and tonne up 0.7%, leading to the following in international mining stocks. Freeport McMoran down 2.3%. Alcoa down 1.76%. Tech down 1.4%. Anglo down 1.7%. Glencore down 1.1%. Vale down 4.8%. BHP and Rio in US trade on the ADRs. That's American Depository Receipts. Uh, We had BHP down 1.2%. And we had Rio down 2.4%. The big mover last night was Arbemar, which is one of the world's biggest lithium producers, had an absolute shocker. It fell 19.9%. They certainly took no prisoners with Arbemar, and I have written something today in Henry's take about uh, Arbemar and the lithium market at the moment, which is definitely coming off the boil big time, as it appears that uh, despite massively inflated spot prices that we have at the moment, it's not always able, well, it's not always possible for companies to take advantage of those spot prices. Arbemile, they were expecting a big number based on the spot price of lithium, but as it turned out, a lot of their supply is being priced at 2020 contracts, long-term contract levels, which were significantly below where the spot price is. So be careful with some of these lithium stocks. Here you can see the S&P 500, and it was a one-way slide as the day wore on. There was no respite. There was nowhere to hide there. Uh, we did have some uh, U.S. numbers out last night, and we have seen some of the uh, the Fed heads. Uh, I think Bullard was out and about calling for a 1% rate rise by July the 1st. That would be a pretty big move. I guess not not huge in terms of uh, 50 basis points in March and maybe 50 basis points in uh, June. But certainly that is far more um, far more aggressive than the market would like to see. So that certainly didn't help the market. And of course, the Russian-Ukrainian thing also really squashing the market. And some of the tech results have been walloped. Uh, um, Nevada last night uh, were also not doing so well. Major stories, uh, stocks tumbling, bonds rally, flight to safety. We've seen that with the gold price as well. And treasuries are hit by the sharpest volatility since the market sell-off period in March 2020. Interestingly, I was looking at uh, CNBC this morning, and the U.S. health authorities are now saying that around 70, 75% of U.S. 
citizens are immune to the Omicron variant due to uh, either previous exposure or vaccinations. So that is good news. And also, we have seen Israel, which has been the poster child, I guess, in terms of vaccinations. I think they went from uh, two to three to four. I think in some cases, maybe even five in terms of the booster shot. But they have declared that basically COVID and Omicron is no longer an issue. It is dead and buried, and they have beaten it, uh, which is good news and maybe shows the way that other countries will do the same. There's a great rotation out of bonds and into stocks. That risk falling apart with tighter monetary policy. You have to remember that the Fed next meeting is in March the 15th, the 16th. And from my Latin and Greek history from way back, I seem to remember that's the Ides of March. And uh, there were some issues for young Caesar in those times. So uh, that certainly is the next, well, the biggest risk moment for, uh, for the markets up till then. Of course, we're going to see still more and more volatility, and that does seem to be the downdraft volatility rather than the updraft volatility. Uh, the survey suggests the ECB may be raising rates too late. Uh, we know that uh, central banks are a little bit behind the curve in terms of uh, their interest rate policies. But as one guy on CNBC said yesterday, uh, the curve, well, the actual the inflation rate is a, lo- is a backward-looking number it is not a future prediction number. So where is the curve is the uh, interesting question. Uh, the West says Russia continues to build troop presence around Ukraine, despite insisting they're pulling back. And Russian-backed separatists in eastern Ukraine have accused the government forces of opening fire. There's certainly a bit of uh, uh, opening fire on both sides, it seems, at the moment. Japan's export growth slows as shipments to China fall for the first time in 19 months. The IMF said headline inflation above target in most G20 economies despite weaker growth and remains a significant risk. The main risk is that inflation increases and growth decreases as interest rates increase and we get into a period of stagflation. For those of you with long, long, long memories going back to the 70s, Uh, that would not be a good environment for equities. Crude tumbles, nuclear deal with Iran said to be close, and U.S. COVID cases have dropped 64% in the past two weeks, though deaths still over 2,000 a day. That's still a lot of people in the U.S. dying. What to expect today? We have the New Zealand PPI Q4. That's going to be a big number. That certainly will move markets. 10-year yields in the U.S., 1.98%. Australia, 2.20%. Germany, positive 0.23%. But uh, that 82-point fall on the SPY overnight is not going to be good. The market has been held up uh, so far this, uh, well, the last week or so on the back of the strong banks and their results. Uh, We have written articles on that recently on the, the machine that is the banking sector and how, despite all the threats from fintech, Despite all the threats from buy now, pay later and uh, different uh, merchant payment systems like Tyro, etc., these guys have just gone from strength to strength and they are still making billions and billions of dollars in profits. So the machine continues to crank on and that may be a place that people tend to be hiding, especially as some are pregnant with dividends in May. And of course, we do have pregnancy in BHP as well at the moment and Fortescue for their dividends. So that may cushion some of the blow with that fall 
of around 7% in iron ore last night, but uh, we would expect to see iron ore miners come under pressure. The rest of the market come under pressure. Today, obviously, it's a Friday as well, so no one's going to be brave and strong and trying to hold the market up or even buy the dip maybe ahead of the weekend where anything could happen in the Ukraine and Russia or anything could happen in the U.S. as we have seen. Certainly in the U.S. results, uh, despite some beating expectations, and Albemarle was one of those, um, was uh, punished severely for the outlook, and uh, we have seen that in our market as well. QBE results out this morning. Uh, usually a surprise, usually a surprise to the downside, but it looks like a, a pretty solid result from QBE. Strong premium growth, $750 million profit from a $1.5 billion loss last year. And we have uh, Ingham's rose one point, uh, revenue rose 1.8% to $1.39 billion. Profit for the first half climbed 8.8% to 38.4%. And Macquarie is looking to bid for the national grid in the UK. That has been in the papers uh, before for some time. SBM, which is St. Barbara, has updated its reserve estimate to 5.8 million ounces of gold, down 460,000 ounces since June last year. And Origin Energy has shown the way in terms of energy transition. It's closing the Araring power station uh, much sooner than expected, but that may come at a price for consumers. We may see a spike in energy prices as we transition from coal-fired power to the next stage. Uh, that may well be electric batteries. Twiggy has backed the IGO bid for Western Areas and Perennial Value, which managed to time things impeccably, bought a 9.7% stake in Lark Distillery in January has backed the team at Lark and has pointed out that the company has been going for 30 years. Jeff Bainbridge has been only part of that story for the last two years. And the interim CEO, Laura McBain, ex-Bellamy's, ex-Maggie Beer, uh, is a commendable person to step into the breach after that extraordinary story that emerged the other day on uh, Mr. Bainbridge's activities and forced him to resign very suddenly. So uh, Lark still looking quite interesting here. Aluka appoints advisor to sell its Sierra Leone assets, and TPG is considering a demerger of its infrastructure assets. That in the paper this morning. Question of the day today, with all this volatility, all this uncertainty, and all this, let's face it, when we say volatility, we really mean negativity. Um, what are you investing in during these volatile times? Are you going to cash? Are you looking at defensive stocks? Some of those defensive stocks turn out to be not quite so defensive as we thought. West Farmers yesterday falling, I think it was 7.5% after their results. Looks like Bunnings has struggled. Hard to believe, really. It's been a massive success story. But what are you investing in during these volatile times? Are you investing in gold, Bitcoin, fixed interest, hybrids? Where is your money going? Or are you just sitting on a big pile of cash under your mattress? That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your company over there. It's a great group, members helping members. We've also got three other podcasts in our series. There's the Marcus Strategy podcast, which includes the morning meeting uh, podcast that we now have brought in, giving you a sort of fly-on-the-wall look at uh, what we talk about in our morning meeting. There's the On the Desk podcast with the guys uh, talking about all things financial and the On the Couch podcast. And this week, I got time to sit down with Marcus, 
for 40 minutes and we recorded a nice little podcast asking him some of your questions, including the most pressing question from one uh, member was, when is Marcus having a garage sale? Because there's certainly some toys there that uh, members would be quite interested in. That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening and hope it's not too bad today, but I suspect it's not going to be much fun. Stay safe.